Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And this is Music Meltdown, where we talk about our personal stories as fangirls and some hot takes on hot topics. So this week's episode of Music Meltdown is probably going to be a bit of a mess, I'm not going to lie. I recently fell in love with Machine Gun Kelly, and I thought it needed to be spoken of. <laughs> yes. So for um, people Indeed. who know, Sarah has dragged me into this. I've created a mess and I'm sorry, but also not because again, I just can't control myself um, when it comes to skinny men with skinnier legs singing pop punk music. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for context, like a few nights ago, Sarah just like texted me this music video from Machine Gun Kelly that he just put out for um, my ex's best friend. And he's like, he's like they're like in a desert and he's like on top of a car playing guitar this is the hottest thing i've ever seen so it was not okay anymore um i was very into this music video it was it was really cool um i was also very into the song sarah what what was your what was your initial reaction to the video and how did you come across it um, so I spend a lot of time on YouTube and my time on YouTube is equally spent between watching people talk about Final Fantasy and watching music videos. And so, um, in my like second recommended video spot after what like job to start in on Final Fantasy 14, it was a like eight hour old video of the video for, um, my, what is it? My best friend's ex. Um, with Machine Gun Kelly. Is my ex's best friend? Oh, my ex's best friend. Or is it my friend. best friend's I don't know. I don't, I, another thing other than I can't count and I don't know music genres is I'm really bad at song names. Hence the title my of the My ex's best friend with Black Bear. So basically, <laughs> I've had an on-again, off-again crush on Machine Gun Kelly since he was in that TV show Roadies on, I think, HBO in like 2016. Um, so anytime a new Machine Gun Kelly video comes out, I watch it like at least eight times in a row. Um, but I clicked on this video in particular. I didn't even realize it was a Machine Gun Kelly song because the title was so long because, um, the sky in the thumbnail looked really pretty. And I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a really pretty, like a really nicely shot music video. So I clicked on it and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I was like, this is so number one. It was like cinematically beautiful. 
And number two, it's like a freaking banger. I just was like, I was like, the song is so good. Well, because like, I forget that, like, when I don't pay attention to Machine Gun Kelly, I forget that he is a pop punk boy at heart. <laughs> so whenever he like releases these like pop punk jams, I'm like, oh my God, this is like a gift from above. This song, like when you sent it to me, my impression was like, I was like, wait, he plays guitar. And I was like, wait, this is pop punk. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I always thought he was a rapper and I didn't know he was making pop punk music. And then as we dug, we figured out like he does both. And he has like historically kind of been a rapper, but then recently been doing a lot more pop punk tracks and has an album coming out with Travis Barker. So definitely more pop punk in our future. Yeah, because I just remember um, when I first, like, looked up his music because I was watching Roadies, I was like, oh, like, this is pretty good, but it's, like, not really my thing. And then I guess it was, like, a year, a year and a half later, I got sent to go photograph him. And just, like, a show, I, like, didn't meet him or anything. And after, like, the first two songs, he, like, pulls a guitar out, and I realized that every song is, like, 50-50 rap and pop punk. And I was like, this is incredible. And I just was like really, really impressed. Like usually when I'm sent to just shoot a show, I'll like shoot my first three songs and I'll leave. But I stayed the whole entire set because I just was like so impressed by like his stage presence and just like the, and also just the crowd, like the, the meld of people that were at that show was just so interesting to me and I just like wow like all these people of like different ages and races and like genders like are all here and like they love what this guy is doing and so I was like I'm just gonna stick around and see what it's like and I wound up staying for the whole show and then I like listened to his music for like a couple of months after that and then I just kind of stopped again um but yeah, I I guess I just I so I feel like it's sometimes when you when an artist doesn't a hundred percent resonate with like your state of mind when you find them, you kind of like they just kind of drift away, and you're like, okay, like, yeah, revisit at some point. That's really true. Or like you become obsessed with them at a certain point, and you listen to it later, and it doesn't resonate with you as much. Okay, so then you sent me the music video for. I think I'm okay with Youngblood and Travis Barker. Yeah. Um, I love that music video. Like, I honestly don't watch music videos that often, and usually I don't care for them. But I love that music video because they're like, it's it's like they're having a their own like concert or they're putting on a gig, and there's like a small stage and everyone there's like like close ups of like the fans, which I'm I feel like they probably just like had fans come and like did this with them of like whatever they were wearing like because they're all in their punk attire and stuff yeah they're in their punk attire for the show but anyways um it was just like very cool and like I love how because really like I've listened to some of his music and I mean I haven't listened to a ton but like I really like his two most popular singles right now which is my ex's best friend and then I think I'm okay um Mm -hmm. because they're very like the guitar is just very easy fun in your face catchy like it's that pop punk riff that we know and love well and then he's just like talking over it or well singing a bit but um and then it's a cool collab with young blood and young blood is such an interesting looking character so i think the whole the whole video is really cool for it so i i approved i was like yeah i'm into these 
I also just really love his, like, at least in my mindset, like, an unexpected friendship with Travis Barker, who, like, yeah, Travis Barker is, like, the reason I, mo- most of the reason, like, why, other than Josie and the Pussycast, like, why I've become the human I've become, because um, when I was, like, eight, I got gifted, like, a, a Blink-182 CD, which, like, I don't know what drunk relative did that to an eight-year-old, but I thought that the drumming was so cool, and I was, like, I want to do this, and then, like, I think like six months later, my mom took me to go see the Josie and the Pussycats movie. And I was like, I'm going to be a drummer because if Melody can do it, I can do it. And I'm going to be Travis Barker when I grow up. How did that work out? Um, I was terrible. How did you take drum drums. lessons? I did. I played the drums for like eight years. I was really bad at it, but I wanted it so badly. Oh I was in a girl band for six months called Fat Free Milk. <laughs> wow. How old were you? Uh, I was a freshman in high school. All right. That's cool. Yeah, we actually were pretty good. And then our singer got grounded. And then we had to stop being a band. <laughs> you could have been Travis Barker. If that girl didn't get grounded. I'm so mad about it still. I think that maybe she just didn't like me. And that's actually what happened. But who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I love when there's like a good like pop punk crossover with something else i feel like there's kind of a pop punk resurgence right now because in the limelight we have blink 182 coming back and they're doing they're like touring with rappers and doing collabs Mm -hmm. we have all time low having its heyday uh in the in the limelight we have people like young blood and machine gun kelly bringing in kind of like this new age pop punk sound into popular music so yeah i think it's gonna have a resurgence majorly which is wonderful i just hope it's not in like the no offense i don't think i just hope it like remains in the machine gun kelly youngblood camp and stays away from the knuckle puck camp um but that's just my personal opinion on pop punk genres um but i mean the thing is is that I think also just like the root of why I really in, enjoy Machine Gun Kelly after listen, like rediscovering him um, is because it reminds me a lot of Gym Class Heroes and I loved Gym Class Heroes. Like I thought that they were so cool and so innovative, which they were and like still are, like if you listen to what they were doing. And I think Machine Gun Kelly's music is like really like similar in a way. Um, I think the stuff that he's released recently is like a bit more pop punk and less rappy than like his past stuff and also like gym class hero stuff. But anyway, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly just really interests me because I just, I, I don't know. I just, I love when somebody grows up pop punk and is like, oh, maybe this isn't the type of music that I can do. And they do something else in a similar way. But I also, I love that Machine Gun Kelly throughout, like, quarantine, lockdown, pandemic life, whatever we want to call it, has been doing all these, like, basically, like, bathroom covers. Um, I mean, he's, like, done them in other spots than his bathroom, but, I mean, he and Youngblood did a cover of um, Supernova or by Oasis, and then he did one with Travis Barker where they did Misery Business, which, like, is so good. <laughs> Um, and then there is a video that Jenna sent me. Yeah, I know. And then I have it on all of my playlists now. And, but my favorite is that Jenna sent me a Instagram TV episode where 
Machine Gun Kelly calls Marilyn Manson of all people and is like, oh yeah, I'm like doing this thing where I'm like covering songs. Like they're just talking like they're buddies. Like what the heck? Anyway, <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, I'm Marilyn, my best bud. Like I'm doing this thing where I'm covering songs and like I think you should request one. And Marilyn Manson is like, you know what? I think you should cover Rihanna. So um, Machine Gun Kelly covers Rihanna and I sobbed in my bed about it for 20 minutes. So... <laughs> If anyone's curious about how my mental state is doing, I cried about Machine Gun Kelly covering Rihanna for a long time. I watched it like six times in a row. It was great. That whole thing was really funny. Also, just like his, his, um, his dedication to his aesthetic is like very impressive because like everything, he, he just, he looks like he rolled out of Hot Topic and also an 80s movie and then also on top of that it's as if he like walks around with like a light tech because like everything is always lit really nicely <laughs> like everything he does. oh my god well when you when you have that many millions of followers and you're dating megan fox i think you automatically get a light tech to follow you around wherever you go oh my god i just feel like megan i like i'm shocked that megan fox was not with a pop punk icon earlier like it's weird to me that she dated like a 90s like heartthrob or like was married to a 90s heartthrob and then like after having kids and doing that whole thing she's like now is my time to date a 90s heart i mean yeah to date a pop punk icon and i'm like excuse me jennifer's body was like a pop punk icon movie and like i don't know why you didn't give us this sooner (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i agree So, um, we took a three-week break from the beginning of this episode till now. Welcome back, Jenna. Hello. <laughs> oh, so how great are... to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, we, t- we, we thought, we made the uh, executive decision to wait for tickets to my downfall to come out to properly um, cry to you guys about Machine Gun Kelly, um, which, I mean... All of you should go either to our Twitter or our TikTok account, and you can see me literally sobbing over Machine Gun Kelly. I think, actually, I'm just going to, like, insert it. It's going to be, like, over here somewhere. This is me sobbing to Machine Gun Kelly at uh, 1 (laughs) a.m. The night of the release. Because I am emotionally stable. How are you? Jenna and I were literally just like texting. I was like, it's coming out in five minutes. <laughs> I don't think I personally have been that excited for an album release in a long time. I don't know how you were feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was um, definitely looking forward to it. I, I don't think I've had like an album countdown in a while either, to be honest. Like it's been years even since yeah. I cared that much about a record. Well, it's just like we like we haven't yet done any episodes about like strictly about like pop punk like emo like warp tour type stuff but like we're very much like pop punk kids um and so having somebody who like has this big this big of a platform and like as big of like a star as like well I don't I feel like star like I feel like he wouldn't like he kind of is but yeah just like as big of like a name like a a household name in some senses um to 
come out with a record in 2020 that's strictly pop punk like it's pretty sick it was it's just like it's so I it just it, it, like I feel like it has so much more meaning than a lot of people realize but then again like so many I don't know about you Jenna but like so many of my friends were uh like posting on their Instagram story about it like way more people than I follow that I thought um I didn't notice that but I think it's really interesting for a few reasons the first being that emo rap is like this whole emo with 808s trend of like rappers kind of going back to like pop punk roots is I think is just really interesting and I think we could dedicate a whole episode to that we just might do that (laughs) um so in the context of that like it makes sense for him to be doing this because this is kind of like a trendy thing that's happening right now but he's like straight up going full-on pop punk with this record and it and that also makes sense because he's been in this world for a while like we talked about he did warp tour um even though he's been a rapper like he's been around these influences for a long time and so it just makes sense with him being friends with travis barker and like young blood and all halsey all these people like i think it's really cool for him to do this pivot well and i think also it's like the same thing with halsey of like both like machine and kelly and halsey are like notoriously known to their fan base as like pop punk kids even though that's not the kind of music really that they release yeah um and i mean i lost my shit forget me too because like all i've ever wanted is to like hear halsey belt like that (laughs) oh my god has halsey ever been featured on any other pop punk songs I no, not no, but I do think that she she had like one with Young Blood, but it wasn't like super yeah, pop punk. It wasn't pop punk. That was more like I think that was a Halsey song, not a Young Blood song. So it was more poppy. I I'm pretty sure that All Time Low brought her out once to sing with them, but like they've never recorded anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, so this is like the first recorded history of Halsey getting to be like the pop punk bad bitch that she's so. Right we've always wanted her to be. be. Well, yeah, like, that she deserves to be, and that we wanted her to be. So Halsey, <laughs> Halsey, this is like the first time that she's done this, and I'm just like, girl, give us a record, please. <laughs> yeah, true. But, oh my but. God. On the other hand, is it easy for MGK to make this pivot because of the hard work that Blink-182 and All Time Low and Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco and all these other bands have already put in? And now, because he's a white man with a platform and resources and is friends with Travis Barker, he can just make this pivot, no problem, and throw a record out there and have a million streams in one night. Well, I think think the thing Hmm? is, wow, oh my god, hot tea, oh my god. um well because so the first song that he released that was like this was was why are you there and then the misery business cover did super well and then bloody valentine which was like incredible yeah i mean yes but like And, and i think also when like I don't know when any of these songs came out i'm sure he had already made the record by time they did the misery business cover Oh yeah, I think that he's yeah, I think that he's been working on it for a while. I just meant that like he like eased his fans into it. But I under, I get what you're saying of just like just going straight from like a rap record, which like his last record was to I'm saying it yeah, I'm saying it's easy for him to do this yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. He's a white man with a lot of resources and yeah. his best friends are Travis Barker. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Um I just meant that like he has been sort of like 
moving his music. I don't know when Candy came out, but I mean, he featured um, Trippy Red in that and also on this record, also on Tickets to My Downfall on like my other favorite song, All I Know, which is like a nice little like call. Yeah, and, and Travis and, um oh, they had um the the one with Youngblood that's not on this record, I Think I'm Okay. Yeah. I don't know when that one came out. And Fucking then out last year, I think. They did a song with Ian Dior, who's like, oh yeah, very notable. Yeah. The sick and tired with Ian Dior, who's like notable as like an emo rapper. Yeah. Um, and like doing this crossover as well. I love that song. I wasn't thinking about features. So um, in general, I am a big fan of like this trend. I think it's interesting that he did it straight pop punk record, but I think you know he kind of had the way paved for himself. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that he acknowledges that. I think that there are, like, in a few interviews that I was watching, he very much is, like, I wouldn't have been able to, like, do this if, like, I hadn't befriended Travis and, like, all that sort of stuff. It's, like, I think that the short but sweet, like, pop-punk surgeons, like, pop-punk emo surgeons uh, in, like, the charts in the early aughts, like, very much shaped a lot of people, like, younger millennials, um, or, like, mid-millennials. I don't really understand, I don't understand anything, clearly. Um, (laughs) um, But I think that it really, like, shaped a lot of us, and it, like, you can hear so much, like, emo, pop-punk, like, influence on so many records that came out after those years, even if they were, like, different styles of music. As if I think that acknowledging those before him is like really important, but I also think that how inc- incredibly well this record has done so far, like the fact that it got like 132 million streams just the first night it came out, is like, ridiculous. That, yeah, yeah, it's because like every person who's ever like heard a Machine Gun Kelly song was like ready and willing to like welcome mm-hmm. him. And be like, yeah. yes, we like the rap fans, the pop punk fans, like everybody who he's been like on this like weird, like ice rink of genres, like yeah. just like we're gonna listen, and they did in like crazy numbers. Yeah. And I just think that like <clears throat> personally, I don't think a legit on the nose pop punk record this good has not come out in like the past ten years, and like, and I mean that's a big statement personal opinion but i i mean there was not a single song i wanted to skip i like literally was like i can't wait to hear him talk about aliens with pete davidson again (laughs) um okay wait so if you're calling this the best pop punk record of the decade what are some others up there i would like to know sarah because that is such a high honor that i feel like we need some qualifications we need some qualifiers of like who else is in your top contenders um because i personally have not listened to pop punk in a while Okay, so we talked about this the other day. Um, Don't Panic is a fucking good pop-punk record. And I don't think that All Time Low got enough, like, acknowledgement for how good that record was after putting out the shit that was dirty work. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I think that, like, that's up there. And then I think everything Boston Manor has released um, is, like, not as it's like a bit harder pop punk but i think they still fit into that thing welcome to the neighborhood is like fucking class record so is be nothing and like glue which came out this year is also really really good like high up on my list of like pop punk 
greatness. And I mean, I don't know, like those are like the main ones that I can think of that are like ones that have really stuck out to me personally. Um, I mean, like, I like the early November released like three, three records in the past decade, you know, four in currents, I guess. Um, I didn't realize that that was in 2012. Incurrence by the early November, I think, is very, like, classic emo pop punk, which is really good. There's not a skippable song on that um, either. Yeah, I think it's also, like, I don't even think you can compare this record to the early 2010s because there's, like, such a gap and, like, pop punk in early, in 2012 was very different from what pop punk looks like now, so. Yeah, well, I think... I think, well, yes, but also I think that this record is very, like, reminiscent of early pop punk music, and I think that yeah, that's I also why, agree. that's yeah. why I like, that's why I like it so much, because you listen to it, and you're like, this is why I got into, like, pop the war scene yeah. of music, like, this is why I like this, and I think, yeah, it, with you asking that question, it, like, does make me think a lot of, like, what records have come out from, like, quote-unquote pop punk bands, because there is, like, the, like, new wave surgeons, like, Knuckle Puck, and, like, Neck Deep, and all those bands that I, state champs, like, no, like, out of all of them it's like I think that neck deep is the closest to making like real pop punk music of like what I think pop punk is as like an old person (laughs) but also neck deep is problematic so Mm. (laughs) so it's like that whole thing where it's like how do you balance it because again like people nowadays would classify like newer bring me the horizon probably as pop punk more so than they would have in the past and like Don Broco and so like pop punk has become like this a much bigger broader term yeah the broader term whereas this machine gun kelly record is a pop punk record yes okay that is a yeah yeah that's a very good point because i even i remember like in my teen day in my youth (laughs) in my youth going to work tour um pop punk was like a very specific term where it's like to me i would consider the main pop punk but like they kind of weren't like the type of music they're making skewed on the pop side of like that power pop type music um even all time low was like right in the middle for me so there and then there were bands like bring me the horizon then which are completely different than they are now so yeah um there was like but i think people were more like protective of genre titles and like oh that's not pop punk and all this stuff but I do think this record is very like at its core this is what I think of when I think of pop punk yeah and that's what I mean by it and I think that's why I got like so emotional over it was because I was like this is like I was like I have not heard something that feels so much like a safe space even though he's like singing about like really rough things but it just feels so much like yeah yeah so familiar so comfortable but like also so 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 trailblazing in its own way and so I was just like really blown away by like the fact that it felt so much like home but also so much like something new and I think that this is going to like set a precedent for bands and like make it more like available for people to like be like okay like pop punk is like it this is it like this is here and I feel like Paramore kind of with like after laughter kind of like were towing on that line but they went way poppier but I think that they kind of like opened the door that was like a jar to be like hey we're a pop punk band making like this super poppy record that still feels like rock music come on in and then Machine Gun Kelly is like welcome <laughs> yeah it's a good point of like 
like both like for the wider audience and then like his fans specifically opening the door to like the pop punk world and so yeah. I think it will give more opportunities for other pop punk artists to like rise through this too yeah and I just, I just feel like the again like the way that he did it where he like featured like Ian Dior and like Trippy Red and like these other artists that like are in that subgenre of Mm -hmm. sort of like sad boy rap Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I think that that's like a really great way to sort of and like going like off of like other topics that we've discussed of just like making genres not really matter anymore and like just making it like music is accessible to everyone it doesn't matter like what you look like how you dress like what like genre bubble you want to live in or whatever the case is this is like one of those records that's like welcome to the party we're happy you're here (laughs) yeah a good way of putting it um okay so what were your first thoughts i mean i would like (laughs) is there any songs that stood out to you other than crying you know you know what my first thoughts were which were tears like actual tears i mean i just i just think that like his like broad like on like broad honesty on the record was like just really incredible just like him just being like I've been through so much shit and like a lot of it was a lot of it was like self-inflicted and he admitted it on these songs and I just think that it's just very it was just very interesting because like from somebody who like liked him but like didn't care that much to like then revolving my whole life around everything he does for the past month (laughs) it's like it's just so it's so it's like it's like a breath of fresh air listening to an artist be this open. Like, I yeah. think that is really great. To be fair, like, I don't know about you. I have not listened to a lot of his rap songs. So, like, I don't know what his lyrical content looks like prior to this. Yeah. But I would agree, like, he is, like, super, like, brutally honest on this. And I think it fits well within the pop punk genre. Because the pop punk has always been very, like, self-deprecating and, like, yeah. talking about what you've been through and not glossing it over any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, so I have, like, lis- like I've listened to his stuff in the past, but, like, recently I listened to more stuff. And, I mean, one of my one of the songs that I really like that's a bit older but not that older is the song called Candy which also uh features that guy Trippy Red on it and that one's about like him doing MDMA so he's like always been very open at least about like his drug issues um but yeah I mean as for favorite songs like I really really um I really love Play This When I'm Gone which is a song he wrote for his daughter which I think is like really beautiful um really sad but really yeah beautiful um I think it's a really nice ending to the record like I think it really like ties everything together um that like interlude with Megan Fox made me kind of uncomfortable <laughs> like the only thing on this record where I'm like this is a lot to unpack and um wait no why like what are your thoughts well I think it just so number one I don't know. I was, I was saying this to my, one of my other friends, but number one, like, where are Megan Fox's children? Like, where are her children? <laughs> like, Megan Good Fox point. dropped her whole life as, like, a wife and a mother to be with MGK, and then there's this interlude that's, like, her being, like, do you even remember our relationship? You're so high all the time, and I'm, like, why are you airing this to the world? Yeah. <laughs> 
So it was just like a lot because like I love I love Megan Fox. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, but like your children, your children, <laughs> your beautiful children. How so, old are her kids? Um, I think younger than Colson's kids. So I don't I think like her oldest kid might be like 10 or something, and the youngest one's probably mm-hmm. like five or six, maybe. There's three of them. So that was like a bit weird. But what song was that before? It's before. It's before the last one you just said. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was weird because I like, but I think I said before, like, I just remember as a kid, like, so many albums I listened to had interludes. Like, I remember Aaron Carter's first record had so many weird interludes. So this was just so funny where I was like, what is going on? I think about the all time low, the like, the, yeah, yeah, you know which one. (laughs) I don't know titles, but you know. Um, Yeah. So I just, I, just think it's like funny that he included those um but also I'm like why why like there's 15 songs I want two real songs I don't want interludes but I will listen to you talk dumb shit with Pete Davidson all day it's fine (laughs) um but yeah and then as I already said like forget me too is like oh my god that song just was is so good with Halsey and like she just sounds amazing and their voices together sound amazing and it's just like oh I thought she was a smart feature for Such sure. Such a smart feature. And it was so good. Like, and it's, you can, like, you, I just feel like you can tell that they were having fun, even though it's like a studio recording of a song. You can just like feel it when you're listening yeah. to it, where you're like, these two people are in their happy place. Like, this is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not, other than that Megan Fox interlude, like, there's not a bad song on this record. I think it's, pretty perfect honestly I don't okay. know what you think <laughs> my least favorite is kiss kiss <clears throat> okay mm, <yeah. laughs> I'm not a fan of songs like sounds like that like I feel like there's been other pop song pop punk songs like that and I'm just like that type of I don't know the quick quick like I'm not a fan but it's not a bad song I just don't like it it sounded um, very much like one of those weird blink songs that like I feel like we the kings would sing it yeah, that works too. <laughs> like, that's why I don't like it. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh my god, wait, there, okay. it does sound like that one. Oh my god, what is that one We the King song? It actually sounds like a We the King song. Oh Maybe I'm onto something, but <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. But my top favorites are Drunk Face and uh, Jawbreaker. I really like oh, those Jawbreaker two. Jawbreaker is so good. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like hard for me to like think of. So, Bloody Valentine. Um, my ex's best friend was there another single or was just yeah, concerts for aliens concert it's hard for me to like think about those in the context of the album because i listen to them so much as singles like yeah. concert for aliens makes sense on this record like i feel like concert for aliens like didn't make sense outside of the record yeah because it was so pop punk that like it yeah. fits in so much better here whereas uh, Bloody Valentine and My Ex's Best Friend make sense as singles, especially My Ex's Best Friend, because I think that one is, like, very much pop-leaning. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to, like, plug those into the theme of the record, because I'm like, oh, but I listened to it as a single, and now it's, like, part of the record. Yeah. But I think, like, My Ex's Best Friend is probably going to be my most streamed song of 2020 at this point. Because, <laughs> no, oh my god, something's yeah. going to dethrone Miss You after two years at the top of my charts. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> our 2020 wrapped unwrapped is going to be super interesting it's just going to be mgk (laughs) yeah so we're we're gonna see but i i think it's on track already for me personally 
Yeah, no, same. I mean, I've literally since midnight on Friday, this is all I've listened to. And I don't know if or when I will stop because literally, like, you should have seen my face. I was cooking dinner on Friday night and I put it on on, like, the house, like, speakers. And, like, once title track, like, got into it, I'm just sitting there grinning like a fucking idiot. Like, I just was, like, so happy. It was, like, so good. This is amazing. My soul is sore. (laughs) It's like, like, Um, wow, this is wax poetically about. (laughs) Yeah. What more can you ask for in an album, like, to make you feel like that? It was, like, euphoric. It was ridiculous. (laughs) All right. So, in conclusion, MGK, 12 out of 10, we approve. (laughs) (laughs) That's our stamp of approval for this album review. Thank you for making pop punk and changing our lives forever. Oh my god. Yeah, so we, we just needed to um, come to this little outlet of ours that we've created to yell about Machine Gun Kelly. Um, yeah, I can't believe that my ex's best friend changed our lives forever. <laughs> just because Colson decided to sit on a car during sunset. He's like, changed everything. <laughs> He's changed the trajectory. Oh yeah. Lives. That imagery is like ingrained <laughs> in my brain forever playing a hot pink guitar in the sunset in the desert on top of a car oh my god wind blowing in his hair nothing's hotter (laughs) incredible so we hope you guys have enjoyed this actual meltdown that we (laughs) just had you experience with us we'd love to hear your thoughts on this beautiful record except for i don't want to hear it if it's mean i don't care (laughs) it's not valid (laughs) but if you love it please tweet us at name three songs this is the only time i will ever tell you to not bully me on the internet is about machine gun kelly any other time open playing field not with this (laughs) um so yeah if you want to talk to me about how great machine gun kelly looks on the top of a guitar on the top of a car with a pink guitar You can tweet me at Sarah underscore Fagan. I'm sure Jenna would love to be in the conversation too. And that's at yeah. Jenna underscore Fagan. I'd be very amused. So yeah, thanks for joining us on this music meltdown. This has been Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And you're never too cool to listen to MGK. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. If you want to find out more about anything we discussed in this episode, you can visit name3songs.com.